What would you say from your experience is the top benefit that most people can gain from training in martial arts? I, I actually had a great friend of mine, uh, his name is Mike, and he, um, he told me, he said, hey, don't, I came to watch a class one time, one of, his, one of our mutual friends brought him. I came to watch a class and myself and my two brothers, Hannah and Hollick, were on the mat. And I think my father might have been in the building and around. And I came to watch and you guys were teaching jujitsu together. You were training together. This was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Buddha Brothers Podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest, none other than Hiran Gracie of the Gracie family, legendary status, and we are honored to have him here with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much. I'm glad to hang out and great to meet you guys. Awesome. Well, one thing I have to say, uh, I never thought in my life I would see an iconic brand around a martial artist like Bruce Lee. But the Gracie name, you can see that is our generation's version of that. The game, the industry, how people talk, whether it's from sports fighting to self-defense, has literally been put on notice or flipped on its head because of the Gracies. And you are in this family, this iconic family within the martial arts community. I don't know if you even get it from like regular people on the street, but to us, you were like a, a, a celebrity here. We're, <laughs> we're, we're talking to, to the guy. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and growing up? We're so interested to learn what it is like to be under that lineage, the family. Yeah, I would say the reason why it's such a well-known name around the world is 50% because the jujitsu is so effective the technique is so good and it's other than 50% because there's just so many Gracies because there's hundreds and hundreds that are doing jujitsu and hundreds more that are not doing it so much, but they might be talking about it. There's so many Gracies that that also helps the spread of the family name. But um, as for me, you know, growing up in this family, my, my father at a very young age, when I was a little kid, my father taught jujitsu out of his garage and he had, you know, hundreds of students out of his garage. So I grew up around my dad teaching private classes or semi-private classes. And I'm like eight years old, nine years old. And I would run in the garage and play with him for like, you know, three or five minutes between classes. So seeing martial artists, seeing an instructor and a student, and just every day, 10, 15 times a day is a very normal thing for me as a child. And I, I always wanted the respect and the admiration that my father had, my uncle, my grandfather, just so many relatives in the Gracie family. I would just, I really loved how they would speak and they would get, you know, it could be two people or one person in a private, or it could be a hundred people in a group class or a seminar it would give them their undivided attention and, you know, really wanted to hear what they had to say. And. And they were teaching people to fight, to defend themselves, to be more confident, to protect their families. And I thought, man, I, I want that. I want to be able to give the same thing because it feels great not only to help people, but it feels great to be needed. Right. So it's like a, it's a win win. I'm, I'm giving you valuable information, but also there's a sense of purpose in that you're helping people because you don't know who 
you don't know what someone has dealt with, right? It could be, you could be a police officer that had a traumatic experience that was attacked and they got beat up and they want to go back to work. It could be a teacher that's intimidated by a child at school who might be a bigger kid who's intimidating the teacher. Whatever the situation is, there's tremendous value in knowing how to protect yourself, knowing that you're going to be safe. And I've always watched my family give that. So it was pretty much inevitable that I took the path and continue to share this art that our family has you know, taken so far. Beautiful. Now I'm curious, is there a Gracie in your family that does not train jujitsu? <laughs> yeah, there are some Gracies um, that do not. It's a tricky thing because sometimes when more Gracies do it, it makes more Gracies want to do it. But sometimes as more Gracies do it, some are like, man, I don't want to be in that confusion. I don't want to be compared, you know, to others. And there's a lot of pressure. And that's it's quite common, I think, even in other sports and professions, right? Where if your father, for example, is Michael Jordan, I don't know if Michael Jordan's son, I know he plays basketball, I've heard, right? But I'm not sure how far he went. But I'm sure that there are certain stresses, right? And challenges around being Michael Jordan's son, because it's going to be very difficult for you to ever be anything close to what he was. And that goes for all of the greats. And in many ways, the Gracie family, whether it was my father and many uncles and cousins of my father's, for example, and my grandfather, they were all, not all of them, but many of them had a certain level of greatness to them. So you can imagine that me at 14 years old, there's a part of me that's like, oh, shoot, what if I dive into this? But forever I'm looked at as, you know, I'm a Gracie, but I'm not as good as his father was. Whether that be in teaching, whether that be in competition, mixed martial arts, a communicator, you know, anything. So you're always comparing yourself, uh, especially when everyone's doing the same thing. And not to mention that there's a little bit of a, it's almost like when you do jujitsu in the Gracie family, you get a little extra, like you get a little extra food on your plate at dinner time. Even though that's not true, we all ate great, but like those that trained harder, <laughs> it's like maybe you can watch a little extra TV. Maybe you can, because, because you're doing that, the family art. Nice. There, there's some perks, yes. <laughs> some perks. <laughs> Well, one thing that you said really resonated uh, with us and what we say on this podcast, we have a saying, when you mix passion and service, you get purpose. And when you talk, you could see that what you're doing is very purpose-driven. You are connecting with people and inspiring them to defend themselves. One thing that is ultra unique about you, we talk about a lot about living a martial arts lifestyle, right? and what that means. Because the people who do martial arts can understand that. They understand what they get from it and how it implements into their lives. Some people start martial arts in their 30s, 20s. You have literally, as soon as you took your first breath, have been involved in a martial arts lifestyle. Can you talk to us about how martial arts has helped you in growing and becoming who you are today? interesting because I don't even I can't even really tell you how much it's helped me because like you said I've always known the martial arts 
So I had nothing to compare it to, but I would, I can kind of, I can imagine that maybe my confidence, I have this underlying belief that everything is going to be okay. Whether that be in my partnership with my brother or my wife or my friend, any relationship. And the belief is that it's going to be okay, even if the relationship comes to an end. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a realist and I know that relationships don't last forever. I know that people are in your life for a phase. Sometimes it can be one minute, sometimes it can be 20, 30 years. So I know that, like I said, everything is going to be okay. So I have this, maybe this trust and this confidence in myself, which I believe stems from the martial arts, growing up, just being so physical, so young and being so comfortable with my body and in my own skin and knowing that I can defend myself as if like, for example, if, you know, tomorrow there was like a zombie apocalypse and the world ended and I somehow survived and then all the zombies disappeared and there was only 80 humans left on the planet, I would be okay. I would somehow turn it around and it, I would make it happen again, right? Life would continue. So uh, I guess an overall acceptance that things happen and that I'm going to work my way through those challenges whenever they present themselves. Beautiful. And I, I can only imagine some of the transformations that you've seen over your career with individuals that have never like weren't born into a martial arts family, but discovered it and have seen those transformations take place. Are there any that stand out to you greatly? And what would you say from your experience is the top benefit that most people can gain from training in martial arts? I, I actually had a great friend of mine. Uh, his name is Mike. And he, um, he told me, he said, hey, don't, I came to watch a class one time. One of, his, one of our mutual friends brought him. I came to watch a class and myself and my two brothers, Hannah and Hollick, were on the mat. And I think my father might have been in the building and around. And I came to watch and you guys were teaching jujitsu together. You were training together. This was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. And as I was watching you, the brothers hanging out doing jujitsu, as well as the students, I told myself, you know what? I want this for me. I want, because he also has a couple brothers. He's like, I want my brothers hanging out together. I want to be with my friends in this kind of beautiful, positive culture. And I want this discipline and this art. But more than anything, I want the energy that exists around the martial arts. I think the self-defense, it was kind of second for him, or at least that's what he says. And he was very, very big. He smoked marijuana like every day, every meal. And he said that when he saw us all hanging out together, got to know us that afternoon, we talked a little bit. He, he, he made it, he quit smoking marijuana in that moment. And he hasn't smoked for 16 years. He's now a black belt student of ours. He now has a child. And just really making it very clear that like, you know, sometimes all you need is kind of a shift in your friends, in your environment, 
it's, it's very common for people to stay with the same friends and the same crowd and you keep the same kind of lazy, unhealthy habits. And I think that's one thing that, you know, people come, they want to learn self-defense and they start to learn it, but very quickly they make new friends and they start to do, you know, different activities together that are more, maybe more uh, productive, maybe more health, health, more healthier choices, for example, like where they choose to eat or it's a Sunday and like, Hey, let's all of us go, you know, go for a hike where traditionally they might play video games for hours. So just how you choose to spend your time seems to be more productive once you've been introduced to the martial arts. And once you start thinking about, you know what, I want to take care of my body. I want to take care of my mind. I want to, you know, invest in better friendships and relationships. And they just, I just heard they did a Harvard study and the Harvard study talked about that the, the success or the key to living a long, healthy life is meaningful relationships. And, and, and that is one thing that is not often talked about. Uh, people think self-defense and fitness when it comes to martial arts and discipline, but it's also the people that you're around. I mean, you could probably eat trash food, but have really good people around you and have very, you know, positive and beautiful relationships that can go deep and you can be vulnerable with someone. And that relationship will probably balance out all the McDonald's that you're eating. I'm not saying you should eat McDonald's, but there's just so much to be said about a good friend. And the martial arts, I believe, really creates that across the board, all martial arts, right? Because there's a certain respect and a care that, that exists because we're, we're training together. In many ways, we, we're putting our, our lives and our limbs, right, in the other person's hands. So I, I love seeing students make friends and connect in this building. One thing that I see really stands out to you is your closeness with family and relationships. And you have kids, I don't, I'm not sure their ages, but so the viewers and listeners can understand, how do you teach them to build good relationships? Yeah, I, I don't think it's so much of me teaching them like directly, this is how you do it. I believe that when you work on yourself and when you feel better, you bring a better you to the table. So working on yourself, you're, we're moving our bodies. We're challenging our minds. We're growing our minds. We're, we're solving problems and puzzles, right? So in many ways, the martial arts and jujitsu is kind of like therapy, right? There's a medicine that exists when you practice these things. There's a, maybe there's a, a presence that you have to exist in to, when you do the martial arts. So maybe that brings some peace, right? That brings more confidence and peace within. And then now you can go and exist with your child, with your friend, your partner, whatever it may be. So the teaching is kind of indirect. Now, it doesn't mean that sometimes we might not have conversations and kind of an open conversation amongst the students. Like, you know, what are the type of things that you guys believe you can work on in your personal relationships? And you hear the most common ones. I could probably be a better listener, right? And stop trying to give advice and correct people so quickly, but just listen. I can 
you know, be more understanding of where they're coming from, right? Be more understanding, be more patient. These are very basic things. And when you tell someone this two times, 10 times, 20 times, you know, one day when their child, for example, you know, gets a tattoo that's 16 without their permission, they can exercise the understanding and the patience. Number one, it already happened. So in many ways to yell and be angry, it's already the past, which is it's a, a very martial arts thing is to be in the present moment. So let's, you got a tattoo. Oh my goodness. How does it feel? Are you happy with it? And then, well, what, what, what was it about getting a tattoo? What, what drew you to getting a tattoo? And then you allow for some space and allow your child to speak to you and don't be in a hurry to reprimand them or brown them because they got a tattoo. But I got a tattoo because all my friends got it. And, you know, it connects us. So there you go. So the child is feeling a need to be a part of something greater than themselves. They're feeling a need for community and for friendship. So maybe you as a parent, you can find a way to connect with them maybe a little bit more because maybe they're feeling like they're a little bit alone in the world. So there's, there's, you know, small conversations will happen here and there. And we have noticed that oftentimes, whether it's the student or the partner of the student, but there's a general family support of, hey, you know, I think you need to do jujitsu. I really like jujitsu for you. Go do more jujitsu because I notice you're different when you're doing jujitsu. You're more understanding when you're doing jujitsu. You're not so tense when you're not so combative when you do jujitsu two, three days a week. So I'm grateful that that's helping. Obviously, we would like it to where people can be peaceful and understanding and loving even without jujitsu. But we can't deny the power of, you know, physical uh, activities and how those are important for us. Like even me right now, as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, like my whole body is sore and tired. I just finished training for like an hour and 15 minutes. And last night I worked out and I trained more last night. So my whole body is like, it's, it's weak and it's tired, but I feel great. And I'm grateful that it's like that, right? There are people who don't have that luxury to be able to get tired. They work behind a desk. They might have a sore neck because they're on a computer all day, but they don't have the luxury to exercise and be physical the way that we do, you know, in this world of jujitsu. Kyle and I have uh, recently just started jujitsu as beginners, as white belts, and, and have felt so much benefit in just exactly the way you're saying. After two hours of rolling, you're just bagged. But, you know, I drive home, going the speed limit, not even listening to music, just enjoying peace. And I find it so helpful for the mind to have that outlet. I'm curious, what else do you do for your to maintain a healthy mindset? Do you meditate? What practices uh, do you employ in your life to maintain that healthy mindset? I love it. Um, one quick thing about the training and the rolling and how you feel after Sometimes jujitsu instructors, martial arts instructors, they believe that they need to create this hard rolling session so that you feel like, I got a great workout. It's true that it feels good to work out at a high intensity, but we need to be very careful because more and more people are wanting to do jujitsu. And oftentimes they start doing jujitsu, but the school 
doesn't really have an entry level beginner class. So they put people who are newer to go at more intense speeds. And even though it might feel good, it could be that after the third or 10th or 20th day, they can get injured. So there's a very important, you know, we find it very important to really build someone's foundation before you ask a lot of them in terms of physical exertion. Uh, and I think that schools are also learning that around the world, that people don't need to work out so hard and fight each other in the beginning. They actually want to learn the base of jujitsu and the basic movements, especially as you get older. When you know, if you're 17, 21, you can go in there and roll and do whatever you want. But once you're 35, 45, 50 years old, you're like, hold on, I need to pace myself, protect my body, and I want to do jujitsu, but at least help me by you know, teach me A through Z before we get started. And that's happening more and more. So in terms of, you know, my mind, you asked, right? In terms of strengthening my mind. Listen, I, you know, the, the ability to learn from anybody and everybody and everything, right? Being very open to the things that exist around you. So it could be, you know, my my wife speaking to my child. It could be someone who's, you know, bagging groceries at a grocery store. Like everybody's always talking and always doing something. So being very observant, there's a lot to learn in the world, especially if you're also flexible in that you're willing to change your beliefs, right, in your ideas. Because oftentimes, like, your belief can imprison you. You believe something. This is what it is. And then you're close to anything different. And one thing could be, for example, let's just say eating this is bad for you or eating this is good for you. You could find out over time that, matter of fact, eating this is actually too much sugar. And eating that first thing in the morning might not be the best for you. So to be flexible and to be willing to change your mind, I think is very powerful. Um, and the confidence that I have because of jujitsu allows me to, to be wrong and say, oh, wow, I did that this way for so many years. I spoke to my child this way for the last three years. I can now see that I should probably do it differently because it'd probably be better for the child. It's hard to do that because change is very scary. Nobody wants to change, especially you've been, especially the martial arts. We've been doing something for so long in this way. So I'm, I'm very, I believe I'm very comfortable with change because of the confidence that I have in my ability to defend myself and the confidence that I have that people will receive me well. And I believe people will receive me well because I am an honest person. I have integrity because I actually care about other people. And I'm not afraid of maybe being a little bit vulnerable and putting myself out there. And if I'm not received well, it doesn't shatter me. I just, okay, all the best. And I just continue. So in terms of my mind, flexibility in your beliefs, um, having conversations with people, right? Asking people questions and asking people advice and having conversations 
and hearing people's stories allows you to also just gather more experience and more information. Uh, but mine, like, for example, my, I remember my grandfather, he would tell me a story. He said, yeah, you know, if somebody, you know, attacks my child and then I get a phone call from that person and not that person, but someone else and says, hey, the guy who attacked your child is over here at this beach. He said, hey, don't, I wouldn't go after the man. And, I'm, and I was 18, 19 years old when he said this to me. And I'm like, wow, really? You wouldn't go after him? And he said, yeah, it's already in the past. So there's present moment, the lesson of being in the present moment. If not to stress, if you don't stress about the person that attacked your child the next day, then how's my mind going to be when someone says to me, you know, hey, you know, we got to cancel this seminar that you had. You have a huge seminar with 100 people. We're going to have to cancel it. And maybe I already had my flight booked. And maybe my hotel's booked. And I had already seen myself to make this money that's involved in this seminar. And they say, yeah, the whole event had to be canceled. If, if my child getting attacked, right, is not something for me to, like, hold on to and go get revenge for, then... There's full acceptance of the change in plans of the seminar as well. That's such a, a powerful way to operate. And I often find it can be difficult to let go of things and get stuck in thought loops or something bad happened. You can't stop thinking about it. Um, I also understand the power of ego and how ego can overtake people. What are your thoughts on ego in general and how to overcome it to allow us to be that open version of ourselves. Yeah. I, years ago, I, I was listening to a book. I love Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, amazing. We're such big fans. Yeah. Is, is he Canadian? No, but he's, he's incredible. Yeah. We, is he English? Where's he from? I think, I, oh, I think he's from Germany. Maybe he lives in Canada. Who knows? I've... Yeah, he does spend a lot of time there, yeah. Um, but basically the idea that, you know, I was just telling some students this yesterday. You know, the person, the, the ego, first of all, I have a huge ego. And I attempt, to, you, can't, you can't avoid the ego. It's always there. The question is, how can you weaponize your ego? How can you repurpose it and use it in a way that at least helps and does good? And of course, that's the ego that wants to do that. But um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very aware that whenever I feel greater than someone or I feel less than someone, both of those are my ego. The person who feels like they're the best in the world and they're the most special, strongest, most handsome, talented, that is their ego. And the person that is not enough and that is weak and small and, you know, worthless, that is also their ego. So both of those people are caught up in this, in this separateness, right? That I am less than or more than someone else. They're comparing to someone else. And I'm also a victim of that. I have obviously compared, I compare myself regularly, but there's a little bit of awareness to where at least when I compare myself, I can smile and say, oh, man, <laughs> look at me comparing myself. 
to that person. So the awareness that I'm comparing and that that comparison is making me feel or greater I think that's what's most important for me and I believe that anybody who can kind of step out you know in a moment where you're you know speaking down to yourself or you're being very cocky in either one of those moments anybody who can step out and say hold on you know it's true someone could say I do have more money Maybe I do drive a nicer car than that person. My car is more expensive than their car. But that person is still as special of a person as I am. You know what I mean? I have better arm bars than Kyle. Way better arm bars. But he and I are still both human beings on this planet and we're only going to both be here for a blink of an eye right 60 80 90 years who knows so kind of always checking myself that there are things that are facts right and there are things that are there are moments where we're delusional and that we think a little bit too highly of ourselves and i think even in the gracie family there's an energy because the gracie family has done so much for martial arts and it's so effective in, it's been so effective in fighting in all kinds of different arenas. There might be a feeling of, we're the Gracies. We're, and you said it in the beginning, you said legendary family. So you say those things, those go to my head. Now I have to, right when you said it, I have to say legendary family, great. There are many legendary families and we've been very privileged to be introduced to jujitsu the way that we were and to learn it the way that we were. But even though we're a legendary family, I can still walk down the street and order food at a restaurant and talk to someone normal. So, you know, and, and that's, we live in Los Angeles. I live in California. I'm in Los Angeles. Hollywood is like 30 minutes away. So it's, it is a world of like, who are you? What do you do? What is your job? What car do you drive? Right. Everybody wants to know. And because I do jujitsu, naturally, I get a free pass. I'm, I'm, I do jujitsu. People are like, oh, wow. Oh, you're amazing. I'm like, you don't even know me. But they just automatically associate me doing jujitsu with me being cool. Not to mention, I'm a black belt, even more cool. And I'm taller than them. So I'm even cooler. And I'm a Gracie. So they, you see how all this, it gets out of control. You know what I mean? It's so it's. It's beautiful, but at the same time, it's dangerous and it can, it's a little bit sad. And I, I try my best. I'm, I'm very good at, you know, letting everybody into my space, sometimes too much, right? I, there, I don't have this wall to where like, oh, you know, you live at home with your parents and you're 35 years old. We can't associate. I can still say, hey, we're going to all go to the beach and go run sprints. Do you want to come? Even though the guy doesn't even have more than, a, you know, $300 saved to his name. It doesn't matter because I still love that person. You know, I still see the human in that person. So that's in terms of egos. I think the awareness of the ego has done a lot for me and really helped me um, just like, find a certain peace in my everyday existence. Because if I was too wrapped up in my ego, 
then I would constantly be stressed out about, you know, who am I associating with? I can't associate with them. I can't go on this podcast because it doesn't have more than, you know, 10,000 downloads or whatever the cool number is. I'm not sure. Right. Or how many downloads do you guys get before I go on your podcast? Tell me. I, didn't, I don't even know. It could be 400 or it could be 4,000 or 40,000. Well, imagine if you said 400, I'd be like, no, I don't even care. It's not worth my time. But it's the funny part is I don't even care about the podcast. It's just cool to talk to you guys. Beautiful. Dan, one day you're going to be in Los Angeles or I'm going to be up in Calgary and we might meet up in person and then we might have an acai bowl, you know what I'm saying? Or have lunch and now we know each other. You know, Absolutely. you can delete the podcast and not even share it. Right? Just delete the whole thing. That's awesome. It's There's a really cool through line that I, I just observed listening to all this is awareness. In self-defense, awareness is one of your best tools. Knowing all the skills, all the tools in the world will never surpass being aware of your surroundings and seeing the danger before it happens. It's funny how awareness also when it comes to your internal happiness and, and what you do is one of the most powerful tools and how people come to it, whether it's through martial arts, through meditation, through rock climbing, that learning that task, learning that ability to be aware of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, expressions, especially Eckhart Tolle talks about this a lot, is one of the most important tools that you could teach somebody and also learn for yourself. Now, one of the lines that I would kick myself in the butt for not asking you is that Bruce Lee has a line, be like water. And it is one of his most iconic lines. I believe the Gracie family has a line that I've heard from so many people that it is insane. It's learn to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Could you please describe what that means and how you use it in your life? I love it. So, well, first of all, all we teach you is we teach fighting. And naturally, being physical is very uncomfortable for so many people, especially as we get older, we become less and less physical. So you have a grown man who hasn't been, you know, held down by someone for 30 years, let's say. So that line is basically telling the student, allow yourself, you know, look to find comfort in discomfort. It's just helping push them towards the training that we want to give them so that they can be confident and that they can know to defend themselves. So once you're uncomfortable in worst case scenarios, worst case scenarios cease to exist is the situation. So embrace the discomfort. Um, for example, being in the bottom of a fight. When the whole world saw Hoist fighting in UFC 1, 1993, everyone's like, he's on the bottom. He's underneath. He's in danger. And then he wins from the bottom. That's because he's comfortable on his back. He can defend himself. He can avoid strikes and submissions. And he can actually submit the person from the bottom. Everyone's like, what? How is that possible? You don't win fights from the bottom. Who is this guy? This guy's crazy. What is he doing? And he's like, yep, jujitsu, Gracie jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu. So there it is. The movement starts. Again, 
do what he did, learn to be comfortable down there and you can have what he has. So it's a little bit of like a, a commercial, but at the same time, it's also very true in my own life. For example, I have a cold plunge. I love going in cold water. There are mornings where I tell myself, I don't want to go in this morning. It's too cold. And the moment I say that, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go in. You see that? I go, right? And I put myself there because I because I, I wanted to avoid it. Or, for example, um, you know, my wife's like, hey, let's go to this hotel. And I look at the hotel and it's like $900 a night or $1,200. And I'm like, oh, shoot. That's too much money. I don't want to pay $1,200 for a hotel for a night. What's wrong with the world? Who does this? Right? <laughs> of course not. But then I have to do it because it makes me uncomfortable to spend that much money. So then I go and I do it because of how uncomfortable it makes me. Now, obviously, some people should not do that because that can be very stressful. Like it can, it can really affect their life for the next months and months to spend that much money. I'm very fortunate to where I can spend, you know, that money and be okay three days later. <laughs> so these are things that like, so now I'm, I'm very honest with myself to where when if my kids, for example, they're trying a little bit of food, like maybe they're trying a little piece of cake. We don't generally eat desserts and cakes, but they're trying it at a birthday party. And I'm feeling a little, my feelings towards them are kind of like, I'm judgmental. And it's, it's bothering me a little bit. So what do I do? I go over there and I have a bite of the cake. You see that? It balances me. My wife's like, hey, I want to go with my girlfriends to Las Vegas for four days. Why would you want to go there? I don't want her to go. It's not safe. I'm uncomfortable with her going to Las Vegas for four days. But then I'm like, no, you should go. You see that? Nice. That's me embracing the discomfort any chance I get. There are obviously times that I say no, but <laughs> it, it has become a hobby of mine. And I, mm. and a lot of growth comes from facing those uncomfortable moments and, you know, allow and having the awareness mm. to kind of reflect on the things that I'm feeling around them. And then I, like I said, growth. And then the next time around, I look at that uncomfortable situation a little bit differently. Beautiful. Now that is, it seems like that's something you have to train. You have to train it in your, like, this is a practice to consciously, you know, go against that initial reaction and to then dive into it and embrace it. Just like jujitsu, if you want to get good at it, you have to train it. You have to get on the mats. You have to put it into practice. I'm curious, is there things that you're uncomfortable with that you have not taken on? Um, yeah, like, for example, I have an idea for like a book that I want to write, right? But I'm a little bit, maybe, maybe I have a little bit of insecurities around my ability to write the book. Now, am I still making small notes on it? Yes, but it's moving very slow. You see that? So, I, you know, so maybe there are things that I'm doing at a slower pace then I probably should be because it's a little bit uncomfortable to face it fully, you know, because there's no doubt that most of my life is spent in my comfort zones, 
which is my day-to-day teaching jujitsu, traveling. Jiu-jitsu is a huge comfort zone, even the inferior positions. But things outside of jujitsu, like writing a book, uh, could be a little bit like, uh, you know, who's going to want the book? I'm only 40, 41 years old. You know, I should be 60 when I write a book. My brother Henner just wrote a book, just released the 32 principles. And I had not asked him, but I can guarantee that he is nervous about the release of the book. It's going to be released maybe in August, a couple months away. I can imagine that he's nervous about the book because is it going to like, is it going to be received well by a thousand people or 9,000 or 14,000? We don't know. Most books, most 95% of books that are written are like, they, they, I guess they, I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but they do a very little amount of sales. Only like 5% really succeed. Uh, now, the, hopefully he didn't write the book with this expectation of reaching, you know, 800,000 people that he's very satisfied if he only reaches 900 because, and that's, a, that's, this is a very important um, mindset for myself. Like, if I teach a class tomorrow, I have a class at, say, 11 a.m., whether 13 people come to class or 73 people, I'm going to give the same passion, the same technique, the same care and attention to those people. I don't care. I'm there no matter what. This is what I want to do. I'm doing it for just because it just comes out of me. So hopefully he wrote the book for himself and the number of people doesn't matter. But the big, the point being that naturally being afraid and being uncertain, um, those things are going to pop up no matter what. And I think that back to my underlying, my core belief is that everything is going to be okay. And it, because I have that core belief, it allows me to push forward and do little bits of the book and take notes and make things happen. But no doubt, that would be one thing I can think of real quick that I'm not as comfortable with as maybe I would like to be. But even talking to you guys about it now, maybe I'm a little more comfortable. There you go. Uh, one thing that I really like you said was focusing on the craft, the journey focusing on the journey rather than the end result. And we really try to to do that and be humble to that because you could get caught up with, oh man, is this going to do good? Like, who is it going out to? How many people are going to look at this? Man, it's, it's, it's got to be perfect versus like enjoying the process of it, putting things out for the sake of like, I did something good here. I want to share this with people. And when you share it with people, it impacts their lives. Whether that impacts one person and then that helps that person directly or impact millions of people, the impact scale doesn't matter. You're still producing something to change a person's life in a positive way. And and that is such an important piece. And we've been blessed to have a pretty big following and reach on social media. And I wanted to tell people that reaching out and talking to people and communicating is so important because we reached out to you on Instagram and we are now talking here in person and learning from each other and exploring all of these things. And I wanted to let you know that our experience with the Gracie name and how we view that is, is through you and your brother, because 
we see how you guys are operating and you're a closer age to how we are and we really look up to with how you guys operate and are carrying forward the brand especially on an entrepreneurial level we love entrepreneurship and it's another big passion of ours could you explain to us what it's like loving martial arts and that being the focus but at the same time running a business and is the business something that you enjoy because it looks like you guys are having fun doing what you're doing or is it something that distracts you from doing your craft yeah great question um we're very fortunate to have been around this for so long yeah, as kids right we grew up and our father was running the business um and we could just do jujitsu do jujitsu and right now we're up, it's obviously growing more and more and more. And it's, it stems from the fact that we just really love to share what we know. Now the question is maybe how can we share it? We have classes for every demographic, right? From three, four-year-old kids all the way to women's classes and law enforcement classes. Now, as you want to share it to more people, you need more people on your team to help that happen smoothly. When, when it comes to the business, Henner is more on kind of the overseeing of the business. You know, we have 240 schools, let's just say 230 schools around the world. Wow. And we have a team of people that oversee all of those certified training centers. And they are the communication between us and the schools and then we have a team that oversees all of the law enforcement our gst program and gst training and then we have a team that does clothing design as well as our whole you know kind of warehouse clothing shipping department for our gracie brand so over the years right it's, it's very much been a focus of henner's and as well as myself but how who can put what kind of people can we bring on board that they, they basically they run those departments right it's delegating right henner has you know always been someone who wants to do everything he wants to be the one that's deciding everything and, and in, in, in many ways he still is but now we're very fortunate to have so many people on board even our front desk staff or all of our staff that helps here in this, at our headquarters right they're they're doing so much amazing work that it allows me to be teaching jujitsu or filming jujitsu or traveling teaching jujitsu because these people are, they're actually good at what they do, whether it's accounting or whether it is, you know, sales of clothing or you know, designing clothing, designing merchandise. So I'm very fortunate to have Henner. You you know Henner, not personally, I don't think, but you know him just from... Shark's Den and ra random things and the the pillows. Yeah, beautiful of it. I think we're going to wrap it up because, yeah, we're getting close, close to time and the internet's getting a little spotty. Can you leave the listeners with why they should start martial arts and also a little bit about your program and how to get involved with it and where more people can start learning jujitsu. Yeah. I guess the reason to start martial arts is to do something new, to 
challenge yourself, but also you get the benefit of learning some self-defense techniques. You get to move your body, challenge your mind. And, and that's how you stay young, right? The more you move, the more you, the more, when you, if you stop moving, you die. So keep yourself moving, keep learning, keep having fun. And in terms of our programs, GracieUniversity.com is our, our website. And we have schools all around the world, which you can you know, always go visit one and try a beginner's class and, you know, just wet your feet and try something new. Um, there's also online training at GracieUniversity.com, which we've had huge success with, you know, two or three friends get together in a garage and practice jujitsu once or twice a week. The program is linear. So it's really holds your hand and step by step with, you know, what move you need moves one through whatever it is, 600, they're listed. So it's pretty special. Obviously, it requires you to have a little mat space and dedication, but so much has been done. But yeah, I would say to try jujitsu just to try it the same way you want to try. If you haven't had avocado before, go try an avocado, try new things. And then who knows, you might love it. And then you can thank us later. Amazing. Here on this has been such an amazing conversation. I know I've learned so much and I'm so thankful for you to take the time to share your gifts, passion and your purposeful work that you're doing with the community. Just wanted to give you a huge Budo Brothers thank you for spending time with us here today and sharing your message. And I all blessings. I hope that we could find ourselves in the same city as you filming some of the the cool martial arts you're doing and sharing more of your story with the world. All right, thanks so much. See you next week.